0: Your Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns.
1: Welcome to the Friday edition of the Locked On Longhorns podcast. I am your host, Patrick Conn. Follow me on Twitter at PatSportsGuy. Follow Cammie at CammieAngie. Follow the show, L-O underscore Longhorns. Cammie, it is Friday, and we've got news on a member of the Texas Longhorns secondary being an idiot.
0: Well, um... Maybe two of them. So it definitely wasn't a good day for the Texas secondary yesterday.
1: It was an odd day on the 40 acres. No doubt. Uh, so, NY Richardson of Orange Blood's rivals reported out that Tom Herman announced that B.J. Foster broke his hand. Yeah, and you know so what much. I first
0: thought? I know, but you know what I first thought when that came out?
1: Yeah. I was like, oh, God,
0: he must have gotten in a fight. Was that your first, like, thought maybe?
1: No, my first thought was BJ Foster injured. I'm shocked. <laughs> well,
0: yeah, that too. I guess he dealt um, with that shoulder injury all season last season. But yeah, I assumed it was something I guess worse. So I was a little bit relieved to know that um, he kind of did it on his own out of frustration. But uh, yeah, that's just something you can't afford to happen, especially when uh, you're at his level and expected to start.
1: But, you know, it's funny because it was the most relatable injury that I can that I can recall. Um, yeah. Uh, and it's funny. I was talking with some some people yesterday about it, you know, and they were the same same thing. Well, you know, sports make you know, sports has made me do that before. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember being so frustrated following the 2014 playoff game between the Cowboys and Packers the dead's catch, no catch. I remember punching a brick wall and almost breaking my hand. So I can relate. I can relate, you know. Uh, But at the same time, it's not good for a guy who you're expecting to be a big part of your defense to break his hand out of frustration.
0: Yeah, and I think in his particular role, he has been through all those injuries and he was rehabbing that shoulder for a while and he's expected to uh, finally be healthy when summer conditioning came around. But um, I think... You just got to think about those things, even when you're that frustrated. Like, I do understand uh someone, it, it sounded like someone uh, damaged his bumper on his car and he was frustrated and I went to go punch it and he probably forgot how hard a bumper is, but uh bumper's probably going to win every time. So I don't know exactly how bad the handbrake is or fracture that they said was, but um, obviously, realistically, it's going to take several weeks to fully heal, so... um Oops. It's no, six, it's, it's huge, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's a it's huge news, and um, it doesn't look good for him in terms of his consistency and staying healthy and things like that. Um, yeah, it's, it was just a very surprising and awkward day yesterday. I would say.
1: Yeah. So, B.J. Foster has he showed up with a cast on his hand. Um, you know, obviously, a, a broken fist is not actually a broken hand, whatever you want to say. Uh, is not going to prevent him from participating on the field. I mean, there's so many times where we've seen players, they put a, a special wrap on their right. a club, you know, to protect their hand while they play football. And uh, he actually
0: already played with a very heavy shoulder brace, brace last season. So I wonder at this point if we will ever get to see him fully healthy.
1: Well, I hopefully once his hand heals, uh, you know, prior to kickoff, which uh, we're about 85 days away now.
0: Yay. Uh, so
1: he has plenty of time, you know, he's almost three months. It's a, it's a uh, month and a half to two month injury to heal right. and then another month. Uh, and, and we're going to get into some news on the, on the kickoff front here in a little bit. Uh, let's talk about the odd situation <laughs> in the secondary. And,
0: and probably late, the most surprising. Uh,
1: you might be late last night, Anthony Cook tweeted out, I'm not playing another snap at Texas. It has nothing to do with any what anyone did or anything. And that was odd. You know, he uh, gave us very. nothing. And then, yeah. so obviously we had media outlets such as ourselves were rolling the story. You know, Anthony Cook's not going to do it. And then all of a sudden he deletes his tweet. Uh, yeah. And then we get players getting involved talking to him. It was the most, like, cryptic tweet. Out there, and then all of a sudden it was gone.
0: Yeah, it was one of the most shocking, I guess. And I don't know, uh, just plain weird tweets because um obviously we saw on Twitter that no one, no beat writers, nothing knew anything about what he was talking about. It was extremely shocking. Um, everyone mentioned that they're not even sure that Herman <laughs> knew about that, maybe. So it was just very odd. And then the fact that he deleted it and the players were telling everyone to kind of relax and calm down, it'll be okay, that type of thing. I don't necessarily know how to take that yet. I actually put on the website that it can mean several things. And maybe he wants to enter the transfer portal. Um, Maybe he doesn't want to, maybe he's done with football altogether. Maybe he got punished for doing some type of wrongdoing. Don't know, disciplined, whatever that whatever that could have been from maybe it's due kind of like the Brennan Eagle situation where he's um, that's a route he's taking for the racial injustice issues going on around the country. So there's just so many different avenues of what that tweet could have meant. And I think what confused me the most is he said, it doesn't have anything to do with anybody or anything. And so that kind of led me to believe like, maybe he's just suddenly done with football. I have no idea what was going on, but um, I'm sure the coaches kind of chimed in and, Probably uh, not forced him, but told him that he should probably delete that tweet. But I have no idea what's going on with that situation.
1: It is going to be a very interesting situation the next time that head coach Tom Herman meets with the media, because I can guarantee you they will ask about that question. Um, yeah. You know, and like you said, you know, there's there's so many variables there. Um, you know, did Chris Ash tell him to take it down? Did Jay Valet, did he tell him to take it down as defensive back coach?
0: I mean, some of the players could have even stepped up, like Katie yeah. Strong could have said something. Sam Ellinger, like, I, I think they should have. I don't know. I, I don't want to say learn from what Vernon Eagles kind of tweeted because, um, it was such a, I guess, powerful statement from Vernon Eagles, and a lot of players had his back on that. It's a lot different from just straight up saying I'm not going to play again.
1: Right. So it's and then,
0: uh, weird.
1: Yeah, it, it what the funny part was, you know, uh, Take One Graham tweeted out, you know. Nothing to see here. Uh, Josh Thompson, he's tweeting out, "Hey, we're good." <laughs> Deshaun Jameson's like, "Not nah, for real, chillax." Um,
0: yeah, but on the other side of things, if he were to, for one of those millions of reasons, not uh, play at Texas anymore, they do have solid depth and players at the secondary. That's probably one of their most, um, I guess, talented position groups on the roster. Chris Atamora, I know everyone's been talking about him. Uh, He was going to compete alongside Cook regardless, and there was no Mm -hmm. telling who was going to win that position battle. So he's obviously still there. You got, uh, like you mentioned, Josh Thompson, Kenyatta Watson. All of those can fight for playing time and kind of just plug in seamlessly. So uh, they are fine in that sense. But Cook was is obviously such a talented uh, player, and he has that experience that um, it would be a loss for them, and especially in that way, I guess. So. Like we mentioned, I don't, and now I'm starting to think about his tweet again that said he just wasn't going to play at Texas anymore. So maybe he was just upset with someone at the time. I have no idea.
1: Yeah. You know, that, that was a, it was very interesting. And, you know, you, you bring up, you know, guys like Kenyatta Watson and Adam Mora, who most people think Adam Mora is more talented, um, given oh, yeah. the fact that he used to play, you know, wide receiver. Um, You also have uh, incoming freshman Jade Barron who's going to be in the mix. Uh, And then you look and look at the recruiting front uh, Ishmael Ibrahim Mm -hmm. uh, who is expected to make his decision on June 15th. So we're, we're just days away from potentially getting another commitment uh, at that position. And a guy who's highly touted played at Dallas Kimbrell. So, you know, they have the talent there, so I don't, think, like, I don't think this is like a situation where you got to worry a ton if Cook does walk away.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I completely and, agree. I have all the confidence in the world for Adam Moore, like you mentioned. And what, what else I think – I'm starting to think more about this. So what else I thought is interesting is that Cook has already been involved with like the onboarding process for the players uh, returning to campus. And so it just seems like a sudden maybe reaction, his tweet – because why would he um, state that he's not playing a text anymore? Yet he was part of that onboarding uh, process to get back on campus and start practicing. So that was interesting to me.
1: One one of the things that I thought uh, when when that news broke uh, was maybe the level of competition, right? Position, you know, and I'm not saying that he looked at it and said, "Oh, I'm not playing because you know I'm I'm not going to have my spot or or anything of that nature." I'm just saying that might be one of those moments where he's thinking about it. Uh, so obviously that was one of the things I looked at, and I was like, well, maybe. I mean, that could be a, a factor uh, coming up next. We're going to get into some kickoff news as the college football season gets closer uh, and just which Longhorns are up to be enshrined to the texas sports hall of fame as part of their 2021 class but first i want to tell you about our friends over at rockauto.com a lot of times when you need to get parts for your car you you've got to go to o'reilly's you got to go to family auto or you have to go advance auto Parts. i mean there's so many auto zone and you have to go stand in line and you got to talk to them and you got to describe what's what you're needing uh there's so many makes so many models so many different models there's there's different packages is it is it an lx is it an ex is it a lp is it you know there's so many it's hard to keep up with that's the great thing about rockauto.com you can go to their website look for what you need put in your car your model number everything you need low prices you got to check it out it helps with with social distancing and i know a lot of stuff being still opened up but you know there's still concerns about you know covid19 Use rockauto.com. That way you don't have to get out. You don't have to make yourself susceptible. You can do everything online. Rockauto.com. Check it out. Okay, I me, mean, we are 85 days away from kickoff. And before we get into the news uh, about the oversight committee, I was going to bring this up. The best player uh-huh. number 85. We're gonna go all the way back to
0: 1950. Oof, that's uh, you went further back a couple episodes ago, I think to the 1940s. So,
1: I'm going all over the place, you know, wherever Mm -hmm. you know, wherever I got to go here. Um, 1950 to 52 receiver who is a member of the Texas Hall of Honor. Tom Stahl Hanske, I I guess is how you say his name. (laughs) I'm probably butchering that. Uh, He was inducted into the Hall of Honor in 1976. He was an All-American and an All-SWC end in 1952. He was part of the SWC championship teams in 1950, 1952. uh, And he was the team's best receiver in 1952. But check this out. He only had 30 receptions and five touchdowns. Whoa. Finished his career with 64 receptions, averaged 15.6 yards per catch, and was a first-round pick, 10th overall by the San Francisco 49ers in 1953. Jeez. So yeah. that is 85. And the current Longhorn wearing number 85 would be uh, tight end slash wide receiver.
0: That's right.
1: Malcolm X. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, he should have a He should. We're hoping that he does, right? Uh Tomorrow is eighty four, uh, and uh, I think you know where I'm going with this one.
0: Um, I don't know. What are you thinking?
1: Marquise Goodwin.
0: Oh, yeah, that's a good one.
1: I figured you knew where I was going with that one. Um, oh, you also that,
0: like Calvante Dixon, and I didn't I, know how far back you're going to go because I don't know much about the nineteen forties or fifties or sixties.
1: Uh, you know, I got to go. I'll go as far back as I got to. Uh, yeah. So the ncaa oversight committee has met and they have passed that plan for kickoff to start that plan to ramp up preseason and get us ready for college football which is just another step towards that
0: yeah i'm excited
1: you know it's and you know we've talked a lot about you know how life is right now and we're all needing football. So any positive news that leads us into uh, getting closer to football, uh, you know, it's exciting. You know, it's interesting. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking to some people who, who cover different teams on the lockdown network throughout the country. And it's interesting because they don't have the same outlook as we do here in the state of Texas.
0: Oh, I completely Uh, agree.
1: And the reason why I say that is I asked them about, I said, look here in Texas, our governor has said we can have 50% capacity in the stadium um, as part of phase three. And some of these guys are telling me, hey, we haven't even hit phase two yet.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're very fortunate, I guess, in that sense to uh, live in Texas. I know we weren't necessarily the first to kind of open up in that sense, but uh, we are probably the top three. I know Georgia and Florida were uh, one of the first, I think, to kind of uh, go those phases and those routes to open up. But, yeah, some northern states right now, I mean, they're still on complete lockdown. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see how they handle those differences.
1: Yeah, it is going to be interesting to see how they handle those differences. But, you know, I thought it was interesting that, you know, speaking with them and, and talking to them about the situation and, And, you know, we feel like we're closer to football than they are. uh, So that that is interesting. And and speaking of, Brian Davis of Hook'em.com, which is part of the Austin American Statesman, uh, wrote an article the other day. We posted it up on Longhorn's Wire uh, that he found out from uh, talking with Tom Herman that two players tested positive. For COVID-19 are, are you shocked at all by that?
0: Um, not necessarily I think um, if I were to be shocked by it I think it's just because it's still uh, kind of new and, and different in that sense but um, we talked about how we agreed with that they're testing everyone before they get on campus as part of their onboarding process um, I think that's very smart from the get-go uh, to try and lessen I guess impacting other people from that. Um, it's interesting because it doesn't sound like either of the players had much symptoms. Um, I guess that's a positive, um, in terms of the testing, but, um, I, I think it's going to get worse, to be honest, in terms, just because testing is more available now. And I think a lot more people are going to get tested. I think it's just a matter of how, um, it's handled after the fact but. We've heard several other teams in you know, Oklahoma state and uh, teams like that have already had several players test positive. So I'm not necessarily surprised. I know we had an outbreak at UT uh, right when all of this started going on uh, from the get go. So uh, no, I wouldn't say I'm too surprised.
1: Yeah, it's not, it's not a shocking uh, turn of events, obviously, but uh, you know, just something to, that they're going to have to monitor. And it was interesting where Texas was testing players. So they're going to be self-quarantined, right? Um, on campus i'm assuming i'm not real sure because they were they're not really giving those kind of details but i do right. know that they are going to be self-quarantining which is interesting because you, you mentioned oklahoma state and they had five players i believe and they were told not even come to campus like right. don't even you know, don't even bother just you know stay home self-isolate do it do whatever the doctor's ordering you to do uh, you know so it was just interesting to see that the differences in how school which how schools are going to be handling it and obviously uh texas is gonna try to do their best to get their guys ready to go Uh, yeah i
0: I think texas is doing a great job i think they're being super careful in terms of the onboarding process we mentioned how they can only enter and exit one specific door they have to wear a mask when they're entering and exiting um you can only ride to campus if it's with your roommate otherwise you have to come alone Um, they're obviously testing people right when they get on campus so i think they're taking every precaution they can it's just kind of Um, I guess those positive tests were kind of out of their realm, I guess, at the time. But um, I think it's definitely going to be a positive thing for the players to get back on campus, uh, just because of how detailed and careful Texas has been throughout this whole process.
1: Right. And so Monday is going to be a big day, June 15th. Obviously, we Mm -hmm. talked about it because J.D. Coffey and Ishmael Ibrahim are going to be making their commitment announcements. and, And most people feel that they're going texas you know that that's a going to be a big day but it's also a big day because that is the first day voluntary workouts can begin with group one that are already on campus and then group two will be arriving to campus and we'll go through their onboarding uh starting on june 15th and they can start their voluntary workouts on the 22nd which will be the following monday Uh, you know monday is going to be a big day for texas as far as finally getting people on the field we're finally getting some football they can only work in certain groups all workouts are outside they're not gonna be doing anything inside at this point and utilizing their zoom meetings as well so that's a big day coming Mm -hmm.
0: yep i'm excited and hopefully those two recruits will uh, definitely come our way it definitely seems like that on twitter by the way they've been uh hinting at other schools like we mentioned the aggies and the thumb down and things like that. But I definitely do think those two are coming to Texas, and I'm excited to see how everything progresses after practices begin.
1: Speaking of Aggie, did you see this?
0: Yes. ABC
1: 13 is reported that Texas A&M is considering longer school days, classes, <laughs> and classes on Saturday in the fall. So you're telling me that they can't go to a football game because they got class?
0: Um, I'm not necessarily sure how many students would f- follow that they'd probably skip class or something, but yeah that that sounds a little um different. I mean, I like how Texas handled it in terms of just ending the semester early. I think you can get around not having to have Saturday classes, but uh, what do I know?
1: I just thought it was interesting. uh, but coming up next, we're gonna talk a little bit about Jordan spieth is doing well on the golf course again in the major league baseball draft. Where is Bryce Elder heading? Uh, But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar's changing the game when it comes to the energy bar. And we're talking. Less carbs, less sugar, 100 calories. So you're not killing your diet. You're getting something tasty. No chalky taste, no gritty taste, no aftertaste. I'm not washing it down with 16 gallons of water. Great taste. And obviously, it gives you that energy. It's a great post-workout. Need a quick snack? Grab a Built Bar. It's fantastic. You're dealing with the COVID-19, the COVID 20, the pandemic 20, whatever you want to call it. You're putting on weight. You need a way to kind of control that. But you go over to builtbar.com. Use the promo code Lockdown. They're gonna give you $10 off your first box with them. Two so many great flavors. They got chocolate, they got peanut butter. My personal favorites, the mint brownie, coconut. It, it's it's in my top three. If I had to power rank them, it's a it's in there, right? But check it out for yourself. Go to buildbar.com. Use the promo code locked on ten dollars off your first box. Get one that's already set up, or pick your own flavors. But I promise you won't be disappointed. So Jordan Speith, former Longhorn, is back on the golf course.
0: I know. It feels like we haven't heard his name kind of um. I guess be relevant in a few years, but I did see that I'm not sure how he's doing this morning, but I did see that he was, um, at least tied for the lead late last night.
1: He and was after, after a, uh, a good day. I don't think he shot the greatest, uh, uh, this morning, but, uh, he was doing, he's doing well. He, at one point he was 10 under for the tournament. Um, uh, you know, so it's, it's, uh, He's doing better. It's it's nice to see him. You know, he hasn't, uh, like you said, you haven't really heard nothing about him. We hear a lot about, uh, you know, Rory and, and some of the others or Tiger Woods or, uh, you know, he's competing in the uh, Charles Schwab uh, Classic, I believe is what they call it a challenge. Uh, but it's nice to see him back on the course again, you know. and, and right. As a former Longhorn, uh, we're going to pay close attention to what they're doing what he's doing so he's back on the golf course it's gonna be hopefully a good weekend of golf for him uh but now let's get oh let's talk a little bit about the major league baseball draft
0: oh yeah that was interesting
1: uh so Tanner Witt was a guy that was gonna he was gaining some momentum um Mm -hmm. but it sounds like I don't think he was selected and he's excited because he said that it was going to take a really good offer for him not to go play at the University of Texas.
0: Right. He was drafted a little later than I think uh, he he and other people were expecting. So, I mean, it works out in Texas's favor.
1: Uh, Yes. And and I think it's good that, that he's going to stay. He, he opted to play uh, for Texas, uh, which is good. Uh, Third baseman, right fielder. Uh, another guy that, w- that was selected was Bryce Elder was taken in the fifth round uh, by the Atlanta Braves. Uh, some people thought he might go higher than that. Uh, I'm kind of hoping that he decides to come back to Texas.
0: Yeah, I'm interested to see what happens there. But uh, uh, that it just kind of really stinks because he was obviously having a solid uh, season as a starter this year before it was all kind of, um, I guess, canceled due to COVID-19. But I wanted so bad. And I even told you this. I I understand, obviously, if I was in his shoes to kind of take that MLB offer. But um, I just think he can probably get drafted even higher if he has a solid season like he was expected to have this past season. So that, that's probably, out of everyone um, that would get drafted from Texas, that's probably, to me, the toughest decision to make.
1: Yeah, and then, then you obviously you also had uh, the announcement that Austin Todd will be coming back uh, to Texas for another year. So, you know, that's exciting to get, you know, your, one of your top outfielders, your leadoff hitter, one of your, your best bats in the lineup, and he's going to be back at Texas next season.
0: Yeah, oh, for sure. That was huge. And I'm curious, and I'm going to keep a close eye on Duke Ellis as well, because he's kind of in that same position that Austin Todd is. And actually, I saw on Instagram recently that Duke Ellis has been putting on a lot of muscle. Uh, He's got a new trainer, it looks like, and his trainer is kind of hoping that uh, Duke returns for uh, one more season. So I'm hoping both Todd and Duke Ellis will both return. That would be huge for Texas baseball.
1: Yeah, it it would be hard to imagine him not coming back. Uh obviously uh he is a good left-handed bat in the lineup and and you can't have enough of those. Um you know, so you know, it's going to be interesting to see. Also the big cat, you know, is he going to come back? Uh you know, there's there's a lot that we don't know right now and I don't know that we're going to know it anytime soon. Given that baseball season is now almost a full year away.
0: Right. Yeah. It, it'll be interesting. I think regardless, Texas baseball is going to be a uh, pretty solid. We saw how we were, they were this past season with uh, a few uh, freshmen actually playing in the infold. So um, I'm looking forward to it, but um, I think within uh, Bryce Elder, Duke Ellis and Austin Todd elder would definitely be the biggest loss for them.
1: Yeah. I definitely agree that elder is going to be the biggest loss. You're talking about a guy who was second team, all American in a shortened season. Um, uh, so, like I, you know, like I have previously said, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that he doesn't go, that he doesn't sign. He comes back and tries to improve his draft stock uh, for next year.
0: Yeah, I, I, I completely think that's realistic. Um, I'm not sure what I'd do if I was in his shoes. The fifth round um, in MLB draft is a, a pretty significant honor in itself. So, um, if he, if he's fully confident and thinks he could come out and um, have a really successful year. Uh, one, once more, I guess, in Austin. Then, I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm back and forth of what I would probably do if I was in issues. But I want him to return one more season.
1: Absolutely. Now, let's let's switch gears a little bit and talk about the Texas Sports Hall of Fame. Texas Sports Hall of Fame mm-hmm. recently came out with their 2021 ballot. Uh, as a voter, I'm highly interested in this. Uh, your guy Colt McCoy is on the ballot.
0: Oh yes, he needs to be.
1: Uh, Colt McCoy holds 40, or at the time that he left Texas, held 47 school records. Is, is that a shock to you <laughs> at all?
0: I mean, every time I go up and have to look in the Texas record books, basically, his name just floods that thing. I mean... Um, especially in the court. I don't think, I don't know if anyone will ever catch some of his quarterback records there at Texas. I thought Sam Ellinger would uh, potentially be one to kind of come close, but since he split kind of um, Shane Bouchelle his first year, I think that kind of uh, took that away from him catching Colt, but I really don't think uh, any quarterback there is going to catch him anytime soon. Uh,
1: other names that are on the, on the ballot. Uh, you have Phil Dawson, former kicker who spent 20 years in the NFL. Oh yeah, that that's probably. Oh, I forgot he
0: went to Texas.
1: Uh, he, he did. He did go to Texas. Uh, you also have Cammy Etheridge, who was a point guard on the 1986 national championship team. She's mm-hmm. currently the head coach at Washington State. Oh. Priest a- Holmes, running mm-hmm. back. Uh, his numbers at college in college weren't exactly. I mean, they don't pop at you, but you also have to think about it. Towards the end of his uh, running back career at Texas, he was splitting time with, I don't know, some guy named Ricky Williams.
0: Ooh, yeah. That's one of the biggest and probably most successful names to come out of Texas.
1: All right. How about this guy? Michael Huff, safety. Ooh, yeah. Defensive MVP in the BCS National Championship game. A lot of people forget it was Michael Huff that got Texas the ball back with a Mm -hmm. stop on fourth and three to give Vince Young an even an opportunity.
0: Yeah. mm -hmm. And I actually, I think it was Quan Cosby maybe on Twitter uh, and uh, kind of expressing his support for Huff on this uh, Hall of Fame ballot. So it'll be interesting.
1: Uh, We also have your guy, Derek Johnson, former linebacker. Oh
0: God. He was just a beast.
1: Uh, so I was doing some research when I was writing this article, and I didn't realize this, but Derek Johnson in high school once posted 30 tackles in a single game.
0: Oh, my gosh. 30. Yeah, he, he holds some – or did at the time, I'm not sure if he still does, uh, for four fumbles in a season. So that's impressive in itself.
1: Yes, yes. Um, and then, obviously, he went on to play in the NFL for 14 years. Sheesh.
0: Yep, he was definitely um, – to me, kind of it seems like he's underrated in terms of uh, Texas X's or former Longhorns or however you want to word that. But, um, yeah, he was significant to that Texas football team at the time, and he obviously had a pretty successful professional career as well.
1: I think if you talk about recent linebackers, I think a lot of people forget about Derek because of uh, Jordan Hicks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, know, I, think- I agree. Uh, other names that are on this list, uh, Krista Williams played softball at Texas in the inaugural season, led them to the College World Series in only their second year and finished her career as a two-time All-American. Oof. And yep. then we have the uh, veteran ballot. You have Johnny Lamb Jones, uh, who was, you know, he had won a gold medal before ever playing football for daryl K. Royal. And, you know, it was interesting. Uh, there were two players on the team – named Johnny Jones,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: so he named, he had, you had Ham Jones and Lamb Jones, and it was based <laughs> on where you were from. The other Jones, whose nicknamed Ham, was from Hamlin, Texas, so he was Johnny Ham Jones, and uh, Lamb was from Lampasses, Texas, so he was Johnny Lamb Jones.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, that could get kind of tricky, I guess, in terms of names.
1: It, it definitely could. Uh, he was all SWC in 78 and 79, uh, and he scored eight touchdowns of 45 yards or longer. So he was an elite speedster. He ran a mm-hmm. 9.8500 meters during the 1977 relays. Wow. Uh, and the last name on here of the nine Longhorns, Annette Smith-Knight, who is currently an executive assistant in the athletic department. Uh, she's a She was a two-time Southwest Conference Player of the Year, member of the National Champions. Ranked And she's also the number one career scorer in Texas women's basketball history and won a gold medal in the 1983 World University Games. Impressive. Quite impressive. And fourth in career rebounding with 966. So that's your full list on the ballot. I can't wait to get my ballot so I can make my selection for who's going into the Texas Sports Hall of Fame of the 2021 class. That's going to do it for this edition of the Lockdown Longhorns podcast. Make sure you tune in to the latest episodes of the Lockdown NFL Draft. For Cammie, I'm Patrick. We'll see you on Monday.
0: Welcome.